0: living Living Streams Community Church in McCordsville, Indiana. We want to thank you for your interest in God's Word, and this message, we pray that God puts it into your heart. Well, we've been taking stepping stones here in the stream at Living Streams, and today we're Taking the last one, the last stone. Um, the first step that we took, um, that we looked at, was a step in. A step into the together experience of a church family. You know, getting to know people here, serving with people here, loving people here, um, doing life with people here. That's uh, a together step in, it's a step into relationship. When you do that, you put yourself in that place where the New Testament church can come to life in your life. So it changes the way we do church. Not like not like Americans, but like believers in the New Testament. So we're stepping in. The second step was stepping up in following Jesus. When we look at His life, you know, and uh, we see this uh, man who was a man of God's Word and a man of prayer, a man of mercy and holiness, a man of the Spirit... And a man who is the perfect expression of God with us. As his name was Emmanuel. And so as we pursue him with our life, we put our faith in him, we step into a relationship with Jesus and we start to follow him. These are things that we can do as well. We can become people of God's word and people of prayer. People who do acts of mercy and exercise spiritual disciplines to pursue holiness in our life. Living all of that on, leaning all of that on the Holy Spirit depending on him. ...in our life and that leading to us going out and having a living witness that Jesus is real and really God. And there's one final stone to look at, one final stepping stone in the stream and that's reaching the world. It's a step out. You know, this summer I did lots of hiking and I had, uh, I had uh, several times, many times really, of, of crossing a stream... And, and um, you know, so inevitably when you get in a stream that looks something like that, um, you know, you got these big stones and you're figuring out how to get across it without getting your feet wet. Because, you know, when you're on a hike, you don't want to get your feet wet. And so when you're doing that, you know, there's steps here, steps there. But inevitably you're going to come to a place in the stream where the next step everywhere you look is a really big step. You know, so you're looking and you're trying to find that stone that's safe to take a step to get you across. And you're like, oh, that's going to stretch me. And then, in fact, there's some risk involved here. If I step on that stone it looks a little wet, I may end up flat on my back in the stream. So you're looking at these stones, you're trying to get across the stream without getting wet, and you're feeling the edges of your comfort zone. Well, it's not all fear and trepidation. Uh, even though it's a big step, there's big rewards. I mean, once you finally choose one, once you finally take this step to get across the stream and you successfully do it, you're going to feel like giving yourself a high five. You ever crossed a stream like that? It happens. Well, stepping out to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ is a really big step. Most believers never lead anyone to Christ their entire lives. Most believers never even share their faith in Christ with someone who doesn't believe the same that they do. This is a really big step. I know it's a big step. It's a problem church-wide throughout the world of taking this step. But the Bible beckons us to take it, calls us to step out there. Now, before we go on, I thought it would be a good idea to show you what I'm not talking about when it comes to evangelism. So, take a look at this video. Okay, so you can have a, you know, sigh of relief there. Okay, so see, that's not what we're talking about. That's not what we're talking about. See, when it comes to evangelism, when it comes to the mission of the church, we've got to change our thinking on some things if we're going to take this big step out into the mission field. So let's start in Matthew uh, chapter 9, verses 35 to 38, and we'll uh, see about getting that change started. Oh God, we want to just thank you for uh, your your word today. Thank you for um, the mission that it describes and that it calls us to go on. Uh, We thank you for the steps that we've been looking at. um, The step of together and the step of following and this step of reaching. Lord, we know it's a big step and we know it's one you want us to take. And so pray your Holy Spirit would fill us up, would encourage our hearts today, and you know, even bring people to mind that, that we need to take this step with out in the world. We love you, Lord. We want to follow you closer. We want to love you more. Help us to do it from today's message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, we, as we think about the mission of the church, and um, how, we, how we do evangelism, most of the efforts that we have can kind of come under the banner of come and see and hear. You know, and so it's, it could be as very as simple as we put a church sign out there, we we open up the door, we turn the lights on, we see who wanders in, uh, you know, and, and that's that's good. You know, we we see who God bringing bringing in here. I mean, we pray often that as people drive by uh, to go to Meyer, that the Holy Spirit's working, and they just have this sense: I need to go in and check that place out. That's a good prayer to pray. I hope you're praying it with us. But something we learned uh, during the Daring Faith Challenge uh, several months back now uh, was that sometimes what we're waiting for God to do for us, He wants to do through us. Do you remember that? And that's an interesting thing. See, the come and see and hear approach to the mission is just half the strategy. The Bible also describes a go and show and tell. In fact, that's what Jesus was describing here in Matthew chapter 9. He asks us to pray for that go and show and tell effort. And He expects His followers to follow in His footsteps. So He sent His disciples to go and show and tell. And He wants us to do the same. I know, it's a big step. And it's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to feel risky. It's going to feel like a stretch. But, you know, the blessings of leading someone to Christ or being even a, just a, a step in that process really only compares to the very first step you've, when you stepped into Christ. And those, that's how good it is. That's how the, the reward is. And so we want to see if we can take, uh, get a little bit closer to taking this step today. So to do it, to take the big step, the first thing we've got to do is make this a personal thing. We want to be stepping out with conviction. And when we look at Jesus' ministry, we see that he didn't spend all of his time in the synagogues in the town or in the uh, temple in Jerusalem. He, he was going out. Jesus went. I mean, verse 35 says, Jesus went through all the cities and villages. He taught in the synagogues and proclaimed the gospel of the kingdom of God and healing every disease and every affliction. So Jesus went. And then Jesus sent Luke chapter 10, verses 1 to 3. He sent his disciples. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. So Jesus sent and then we look at His Great Commission, Matthew 28:19. 19. At what does it begin with? What's the, what's the first word of the Great Commission? Go. go. It's go. So it's kind of obvious, isn't it? Kind of obvious that there is footsteps for us to follow. And Jesus shows us how to do it. The disciples followed His example. And we now have footprints to walk in, to go out there into the sea of people who don't know the Lord. You know, the discipleship process actually begins out there, somewhere, with someone who doesn't know the Lord, who comes to know the Lord through your witness and your testimony. And you begin to, sh- to show them how to follow Jesus. Now, if we're going to take the big step, we've got we've to have this personal conviction that this command to go is for us personally, it's for me, it's for you. Several years ago, um, the ladies took a retreat in November, like they're getting ready to this November. Ladies, if you haven't signed up for that, go do that on the on the way out. Not right now, on the way out. Um, but anyway, Lori, my wife, was leading that retreat, and she called me and said, "Hey, we're having some problems with the technology here. We we don't have the right stuff to show the video lessons to the ladies." So I said, "Don't worry." Help is on the way. I'm 90 minutes out. And so I started getting the DVD player, the projector, the speakers, get it loaded up in the car. And as soon as I get ready to leave, I get a phone call from her. She goes, no, no, don't come. The camp's taking care of it. But I was ready. I was ready to go take care of her problem. Why? Because I was willing and I was available and I really love her. Yeah, it's all right. Well, you know what? God has a problem. The salvation of mankind. And Jesus Christ is his solution to the problem. And we are the means to get the word out about him to people who don't know about him. So to get up from here and to go out there and be part of the harvest. Are you willing... Are you available? Is there anything that kind of creeps up inside of you that, that makes you sort of hold back from saying, God, here I am, send me? Anything that keeps you from that? When you hear the command, go, what goes, goes through your mind? You know, I'm, yeah, I'm not an evangelist. I don't have those gifts. I I am an introvert. You know, I never meet people. This is for extroverts. I don't have a good testimony. Nobody's ever going to come to faith through my growing up in church, come to know Jesus story. I'm kind of afraid. I don't have time. You know, what if somebody actually shows some interest and i got to meet with them and... I don't know how to do this. I don't want to offend anyone. I've tried this before. I stepped on the rock and slipped and I fell flat on my back all wet. Any of those words or thoughts ring true for you when you hear this word evangelism, when you hear this call to go? Because listen, I can tell you that every single one of those ring true for me. Every single one of those are words that I have either, either said with my mouth or thoughts that have gone through my head that kept me from saying, God, here I am, send me. They're normal. Every believer's got to deal with them. And I want to be as willing and available to, to God as I was to my Lori to solve her problem. And these reasons will still creep back up into my thinking. They will still haunt me and keep me from going. And so we all just need to recognize, you know, what it is that keeps us back. What's holding us back from saying yes to God in this mission. And we just got to give it to him. We just got to get honest with him and say, God, I have trouble here. I really do have trouble meeting new people. I really do have trouble with words, you know. I get, you know, this opportunity to come up to speak to somebody, and all of a sudden I'm tongue tied and I'm like, How's your day? How's the colds? How's the weather? And I never get to Jesus. I have trouble here. These things are not our problems to solve. We just give them to God. But our, our thing is are we willing? Are we available? Have we made this a personal thing? Is it a personal conviction that when we leave here today, we're going out into the mission field for God to use us, where His mission is my mission? Have you made that commitment? If you do, if you say, yeah, I'm in, here I am, send me, then you'll be stepping out with, with conviction. We also need to remember that we're stepping out with power. When it comes to this mission, we don't argue people to believe in Jesus. We don't reason with them to get into the kingdom of God. We don't entertain them. We don't reward them. We just offer ourselves, our story, our walk with Jesus. And while we're doing that... We are praying, asking the Holy Spirit to be working in that conversation, to open their eyes, letting the scales fall from their eyes to their need for Christ and who He is. We gotta remember that salvation, this mission, is a spiritual battle before it's anything else. Listen to Paul's words from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. So as you read that, first of all, note that Paul came to them from somewhere. So Paul was taking a personal, he had a personal conviction he needed to go. He was on the go. Also note that he purposed not to win them with rhetoric, with wonderful, relevant words. And you know, Paul certainly could have, and the Corinthians would have really loved that. I mean, that's what they were excited about, all this wisdom talk. So what that tells us is that it doesn't take a great show or a great personality or great words for us to be involved in sharing Christ with other people. It just takes people who are willing and available. Paul decided that he would focus on Jesus and Him crucified. He says, it's not my great personality that's going to win you. It's not, not my, me being this awe-inspiring individual. It's got you know divine wisdom. I've got a simple message, but its impact is powerful. So when it was received, it showed God's power. When people heard about Jesus from Paul, they didn't go, man, that was a great message. They experienced the power of God. This is a spiritual battle. You know, our lives are full of people drowning in a sea of apathy and sin and deceit and fear. They're slaves to their lifestyles. Slaves. To their drink and their addiction. Slaves to their sexual orientation or their desire for success. Slaves to all of that. And we need to be praying for people by name. That God would break through in their lives. We need to trust that the Holy Spirit is working already wherever they are. He's already after them. Already trying to reveal God's presence to them. And we need to know that the Holy Spirit wants them to be saved way more than we do. And we have to believe that nobody is beyond the reach of God. So here's something you can do. It's sort of a first step in taking the big step. And it's a a good help. Last week I told you to make a list of names of people in your life that you knew that you you could sit down with and share your faith with. Or someone you can sit down with and um, share your life with Christ. So a discipleship thing. Follow me as I follow Christ kind of a relationship. Today I'm going to say make another list of names. Just put five people on there. Five people that you know that don't don't believe in Jesus. And they might be in your family that you know just put them on, put them on a list, your top 5. And begin to pray. Begin to pray for those people. Pray for their hearts to be opened and soft to the presence of God in their life. Ask the Holy Spirit to convict them of sin and help them see their need for God's grace. Pray for God's blessings in their life that they would understand and recognize He's a good God and these blessings are coming from Him. Pray for God's discipline to come in their life that... Everywhere they turn ends up being a dead end, so all they can do is look up. Pray and ask God to remove obstacles that keep people from from knowing Him. So make this list of people. Uh, make, it, make it people that you know, people that you see, people that you talk to. And then on the bottom of the list, put your own name. And pray for yourself that God would use you To reach these people. That He would use your life, your words, your actions, your testimony to show them the grace, love and mercy of God. Pray that. This is a a spiritual battle. And then as you begin to pray that, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading in your life. Because He's going to give you opportunities to point people toward Jesus. And that's where we need to trust Him. Trust that he, he is already working. This is a step out in power. We've been given the Holy Spirit to live this life. And we're never going to take this step, this big step, if we think it's all up to us to get this accomplished. It's not. God's already on mission. We're just joining Him in the effort. And we are asked and told, You've got a helper. To help you do this. The Holy Spirit. So we're not in it alone. And we can't do it without the power of God. So you're willing. You're available. You're praying for power. Praying over this list of names. And if you get there. You'll begin to see opportunities. To join God on mission in your life. Which is stepping out in love. Stepping out with love. And when it comes to this, I, I've always fought this, this, um, I've got this hesitation, uh, that, that keeps me from going out looking for people, uh, that don't know Jesus just so I can share Jesus with them. You know, I spend lots of my time in the church. And so my, my top five's hard to come up with, you know. So sometimes I gotta go out there and find people. And so when I, when I think about that, just to share the gospel with somebody, that's my motivation. You know, There's a hesitancy to say, oh, th- this feels self-serving. It feels artificial. And it was until we begin to see people the way that Jesus sees them. In Matthew 9.36, when he, Jesus, the, saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So Jesus saw those the crowds, he saw their condition, and he had compassion. It produced compassion in him, not criticism, you know, you know, they made their bed, now they gotta lie in it, you know, that kind of, No, it was compassion. It was love. And if we're ever gonna take this step out, love has got to be the reason that we're doing it. There's this guy named Kevin Harney who wrote a book called Organic Outreach for Ordinary People. And he's giving an evangelistic seminar at a church. And one guy comes up to him and he, he's having some trouble with his neighbor. And so he starts describing um, to Kevin his, his neighbor and their relationship. And it kind of sounded like there was some tension you know, between the two. And so as this man continues to describe his neighbor to Kevin and their relationship, he begins to feel, Kevin begins to feel like, you know, this man sees his neighbor more as a project to fix instead of a person to love who needs faith. And so as the man kind of finished, Kevin asked him a very simple question. Do you love him? And the man was sort of taken aback. And he said, ask him again. Do you love your neighbor? Is that the reason that you're reaching out to him with the gospel? And the man said, I don't know. What a great answer. Our mission cannot be motivated by anything else other than love for God and and love for people. We cannot um, be motivated by guilt that we don't do this. We cannot be motivated by church growth. Uh, We cannot be motivated by our own spiritual obedience. All these things don't get us out there in an authentic way. It's only love. Love is the way to speak truth. Love is the way to lead people to truth. And we want to love God enough to be growing in our spiritual obedience and saying yes to this mission every day. And we want to love other people who don't know Him to bring up their greatest need in their life. So, you know, when you start looking at your life, looking at the people in your life, in your family, in your neighborhood, at work, school, kind of looking... A lot of times, we're making judgments about their salvation based on what their life looks like. You know, so... uh, a lot of people that we see in our life, man, they're having a pretty good life. And they're actually nicer than we are. You know, they live in a nice house and they got a nice job and they're taking nice vacations. You know, they're doing all this stuff. they kind of generally, they're, they're good people. They, they go to church. But all of that does not matter when it comes to the mission. The only thing that matters is, do they know Jesus? It's one thing I love about Pastor Matt You go to lunch with him and you're going to find out if the server knows Jesus or not. (laughs) Because he just asks them. He just asks them. So, you know, people in our lives, their lives may look like heaven, but God sees their life differently. They're harassed and helpless by sin that they can't do anything about. They're slaves to it. And they're spending their life on everything that's going to burn up. So it doesn't matter who they are. If they don't know God, if they don't know Jesus, if they don't have faith in Him, if they don't have a relationship with God, then there's this God-shaped hole in their hearts and they're using whatever they can do to medicate themselves to fill that hole, to satisfy, to heal the pain and none of it satisfies and none of it heals none of it and so when we're able to see people like this it makes our evangelism authentic because it's motivated by love they're harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd and so the the most loving thing you could do for somebody is ask them Do you know the Lord? And then, when when you ask that question, listen. Listen to them. Listen to their story. Really listen. And if they don't have a story about how they met Jesus, share yours with them. As boring as it might be. Share it. How... You came to know that Jesus is God, that he died on a cross to forgive you of your sins. And he he was laid in a grave, and three days later he walked out of the grave. And you, at some point in your life, looked at him and said, I believe in you, forgive me of my sin, bring life into my life, come into my life, lead me, change me that story share that story and then ask them hey would you be interested in knowing more about this or maybe maybe God will open the door for you to say would you like to cross that line of faith with Christ trusting in him today oh wouldn't it be awesome how do we get there well you know what it goes back to prayer Praying that God will give you eyes to see the harvest fields, give you eyes to see people like He sees them with compassion, not criticism. To see them like He sees them. And then I would say, be ready. Because you start praying that prayer, God's going to answer that prayer. It's a prayer He will always answer. And your list of names will grow. You'll start seeing all kinds of people around you who are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. People who need Jesus. And then you'll see their needs and you'll want to step into that and you'll want to help. So as you own the mission and pray for the Spirit to work and your love for people grows, before you know it, you're going to be doing the work of an evangelist. You're going to be taking this big step that very few Christians take. And you'll want to give yourself a high five. But you won't have to because God will. There was a man named Carrie Oberrunner who wrote an article in April 2009 uh, edition of New Man e-magazine. The t- title of the article was, What About Bob? And it was, uh, it was about his encounter, Carrie's encounter, with an older man named Bob. So while Kerry was at the local gym, he was working out, you know, one morning, and he noticed this older gentleman kind of fumbling around with an MP3 player in his headphones, and he was he was frustrated, and, and Kerry saw him, and he was trying to kind of ignore him, but, you know, the guy just kept getting more and more frustrated. So he eventually just went over to him, and he said, hey, can I help you with that? And this guy said, hi, my name's Bob. I really like jazz, but I can't figure out how to listen to it on this thing. And so Carrie started to realize that God was giving him an opportunity to step into this man's life. And so they made a a date to uh, get together uh, so that they could unravel these MP3 problems. So Carrie continues the story. Against Bob's initial wishes, I visited him in his apartment. It turns out that his wife had died a couple of years ago. And all his earthly possessions were crammed into this little place. She had been the main breadwinner. And and the bank had foreclosed on his home when he wasn't able to make the payments. So Bob and I, we made some space back by his computer, and I started to take his jazz CD collection and import it onto his hard drive, and then I was going to put it onto the MP3 player. And so while I'm doing this, while I'm importing this music, Bob and I are having a really good conversation about life, about his wife, about God. In the weeks that followed that meeting, I reached out to Bob, often. And it was kind of funny how two guys who were completely opposite became best friends all because of an MP3 player. Bob is 71, I am 32. Bob is black, I am white. Bob doesn't have much money, I have more than I need. Bob is an ex-convict, I've never been in jail. Bob is a widower, I'm married. In short, we're opposites short time later, I invited Bob to come to church. I wanted him to hear the gospel. I wanted him to know how to know Jesus. After a few invitations of inviting him, he finally accepted and he came to our all-white church, but he never let on if he felt awkward. He sat with me and my wife in the front row. At the end of that service, he and I went forward and he gave his life to Christ. Now he says, Bob has changed my life and the life of my church. He says, I get more joy from him than he'll ever understand. Whenever I say goodbye to him at the YMCA or, or uh, over the telephone, he always says back to me, give my love to your family. So that's, that's how it happens. That's what we're talking about here. Carrie saw an opportunity to step into Bob's life through a problem that he had. And he just loved the guy took an interest in him. He had concern for him. And it led to Bob believing in Jesus. Now, I really wanted that story to end with Carrie leading Bob to Christ, you know, there with the jazz CD collection, you know. But I just want you to know, I'm I'm cool with you guys bringing people here to hear the gospel. You know, that's awesome because, you know what, it makes all the difference when not yet believers walk through that door with one of you by their side. It makes all the difference. It makes all the difference that you've already been out there showing love to people before they ever come inside and come in and be a part of our community. They're not going to feel awkward if you're sitting with them, somebody that they know, somebody that's loved on them. So God will use your love, your sincerity, your faith, your interest to help people come to know Him. All starts by us taking a really big step out with love. So that's enough to take it right there. You know, this personal conviction, praying, remembering it's a spiritual battle and we have help in this, and a genuine love for people. So I want to show you another conversation of what we're we're talking about this morning. Just a scenario that could happen to any one of us. Let's watch. What happened? You know, that's a scenario that could happen to any one of us. Just, you know, any time. Inviting friends over. uh, God opening up a door into someone's life. You know, and the question is, are we willing and available to step through that door into somebody's life and to offer them a relationship with God? that changes everything? That's the question. He calls us to do it. He's given us His Spirit to help us. Can you imagine what our church would be like if we would together step out into the harvest field? I think it would be a good change. Are you up for it? The stepping stones are there for you to take. Stepping into the together, stepping up following Jesus and stepping out To reach the world, I truly believe with all of my heart that if you take these steps, you are on the path of abundant life in Christ. You are on a path that can make a difference beyond this life. And it's worth everything. It's worth everything. Together, following, reaching Are you in? Let's stand. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a a prayer we just sang. Build your kingdom here. We hear that call to go and we realize the the big step that it is. But Lord, help us to go with that personal conviction that you're calling us to step out into the harvest field. And you've given us your Holy Spirit to go and to, to, to love on people and to show them what Jesus looks like to be His hands and feet and voice in people's lives. Father, give us those eyes to see as we go today. Um, Let our own life be a a light that shines and salt that salts the earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.